So we're here with the one and only Tim Gurner. And look, I've always learnt this thing over the years, like there's levels to this shit. And I've, in speaking with Tim, I'm like, oh my God, there's levels. And, <laughs> and then there's uh, the next level. <laughs> yeah, there's always another level. He is, you know, front cover of Forbes, their sort of young rich list, the king of it. And in property development at your age is just insane. Just, you know, and everything you're doing now with St. Haven and Wellness is just truly game-changing, revolutionary. But, like, before we get there, let's, you know, take us back to the start. Like, how you sort of started and how you built Tim Gurner. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, who, who, who was Tim Gurner at the young age? Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously how it all started. So it's a funny story, right? So I, so I did um, commerce at Melbourne Uni and found it incredibly fucking boring, right? Yeah. So two years in, I went part-time, started working as a real estate agent. Probably the most important thing I've ever done, right? I worked for this guy called Tony Pride, taught me how to sell. And I thought I knew how to sell. I had no idea how to sell. And... What I say to all my team and anyone who asks me is selling is the number one thing, right? Whether you're building a business, selling a product, selling to someone you want to employ, everything to me has been sales. A lot of my success has been how do I understand what you need and you want and how do I create something that is tailored and custom to that? So that process with Tony was absolutely invaluable to me. But there was also another time in there. So I was, I was living at the time in Brighton with this um, full-blown hippie, right? So she didn't, she didn't really work. And I went home. I was like that classic sort of 19-year-old complaining about my job. And she said, oh, it's come on. So why don't you do what you love? And she said, what do you love? I said, oh, look, I love going to the gym and I fucking hate having a boss. I don't want to have a boss. She's like, oh, you've got to start a gym. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, start a gym. It's not that complicated, is it? I'm like, what do you mean, start a gym? She's like, well, you love it. You don't want a boss. Isn't that what you do? I remember walking out of the room going, what a fucking genius. Why don't I, why don't I start a gym? Right? And so literally 10 days later, I'd signed a lease in Elwood for this gym. I started building it. Council turned up and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm building a gym. They're like, you have a permit. I'm like, oh, shit, better get that. I was about to open the door. Someone said, have you got your personal training license? I'm like, oh, shit, no, don't have that. When did that at night? Eventually opened and, you know, to this day, that period of time with her and my selling with Tony is a huge part of my success and how I've got to. And not because it made me successful, but it made me learn that I had to chase what I love. Yeah. You know, I'm very big about passion and drive and following what I love to do. And she's the one that got me there. I opened the gym and then six weeks later, my dad passed away. So... I lost my dad and then three grandparents in the space of four weeks. So it was a what age were you? At I was twenty one at the time, oh, and it was um, it was a shit time to lose your dad because you kind of taken so much. And it was the time when I was finally, hopefully, going to be able to give something back. And then losing him was brutal. And then you know, four funerals in the space of five weeks was pretty brutal. And I remember sitting there at the time thinking, holy fuck, you know, like I had a big debt. I had no money at the time, literally, like I had a 30 grand loan from my grandfather at, I think it was 13% interest or something like that. I was thinking, shit, I've got 150 loan to NAB. I've got this loan to my grandfather, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't want to get back to work. I was feeling miserable. And then one day I woke up and thought, you know what, fuck it, I have to get back out of there. I have to get it done. And got back in there and drove really hard. I was training, I was PT training five till 10 in the morning doing book work and selling from 10 till 3, 
three till 10 at night, I was training, that was six days a week. And then half a day I worked on a Sunday. Grew the business back up. I knew someone who was gonna wanna buy it. I said to him, someone else has come to me wanting to buy it, and I sold it to him. So I already knew when I'd started the business who was the guy who was eventually gonna buy it. And the reason I sold it is we created a great business, but it had a, had a glass ceiling, right? It could only do so much, it was a small space. Mm-hmm. And through that time, I probably realized that property was a bigger opportunity for me at the time. Like it was a real passion. I remember when I was a kid, when I was 12, 13, the, my parents were doing some landscaping outside and I faked a sickie for about eight days in a row so I could watch the bulldozers creating. And I've always had this thing about creation, like yeah. taking something that is nothing and boring like a cold shell like this. I've always had this weird thing where I can see it before it's there. So yeah. like with my design team, I sit them down and say, okay, can't, can't you see it? Like it's it's this and like I have to really get it out of my head onto yeah. paper for people to understand what I'm trying to do. So so I went um, into back into development and at the time I didn't even know there was such a thing called a development manager, right? Like I thought, fuck, residential development, how the hell am I gonna get into this? Met this girl out at a bar, you know, bought her a few drinks, found out she was a development manager. I'm like, oh, development manager, that's cool. How do I do that? Ended up getting a job at FKP, which is a public company yeah. up in Queensland. And got in there, I loved the work. I hated public companies, right? Like for me, my brain is not suited to any form of formal structure. You know, I need to be able to create, I need to be able to move fast. and. Mm-hmm. I hated that process and I was there for about nine, 10 months and then there was this guy doing some amazing stuff called Maurice Schwartz, who's a guy you guys should definitely meet one day, um, my main mentor in my life. So he was a, he's a property developer, he's also a journalist, he's got the monthly, he's got the Saturday paper. Um, and he, sorry, not a journalist, he's obviously got, um, I've just completely forgotten what he's actually, he's a publisher, sorry. So okay. Maurice is an incredible publisher. Um, and at the time, it was when development was, you know, it was two ninety nine plus, right? It was the cheapest possible was kind of the entry point. And I remember he had this um, big billboard that said one million plus, you know, apartments worth every million. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no apartment was worth a million bucks. This is back in two thousand and six at the time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's either completely mad yeah. or an absolute genius. And I called him up and said, hey, I want to have a coffee with you. And he's like, who, who the hell are you? Like, what do you mean you want to have a coffee? I'm like, oh, I love what you do. Just give me just give me 15 minutes. When I had a coffee with him, 15 minutes later, he said, can you start tomorrow? And I pretty much said, I'll work for nothing. I didn't care. I was not at all motivated by my, I had to get into this creative mind to understand how he thought things yeah. were possible. Right? So started with him and it was life-changing. And what, uh, so what age was this now? So I would have been then um, 23, 24, okay. maybe, maybe 20, yeah, almost wow. 25. Um, so he had a business called Pan Urban. So yeah. he was doing four at once in Kilda Road at the time, which was 15 apartments from three mil to nine, right? And this was like, a, you know, a Turak house was worth that. This was completely out of the market. And that was at the stage when apartments, that was very, apartments were not even in. Nah, it wasn't even, like it was a completely, completely out of the box. And, you know, you just had this, amazing he just had this amazing vision and idea to push the boundaries of what was possible anyway started with him uh we went we worked together from 2004 to 2007 gfc hit i had a different view on what the gfc was going to be like for property and yeah i actually started another business at the time to do smaller projects called urban inc so that was the first time i started a, my first property business so um 
Yeah, so it was about 2007 GFC hit. It was full on in the property world. Yeah. Right? You know, banks, Bank of Scotland left Australia overnight. Yeah. Um, they were our biggest lender at the time. Oh. And Maury kind of thought that he'd be able to continue to build big stuff. I thought we needed to diversify, so I started Urban Inc. But that time with Maury was you know, life-changing for me. So he, not just from a vision and creative, but he gave me the confidence to do anything. Right? Like he just had this thing where people would see an obstacle and he just wouldn't see the obstacle. And yeah. if he saw the obstacle, he just didn't care what the obstacle yeah, was. He yeah. was just going to get through it. And every single time I've had a major stress or pressure or like when I had the opportunity to do St. Moritz, which was a really out-of-the-box development, you know, 130 apartments averaging 6 mil in Melbourne is very unique. Yeah. And I went and sat with him and he said, mate, you're the fucking best at this, right? You create better product than anyone. You, no one can sell like you do. Get out there and get it done. I walked out, I'm like fully confident, ready to go, attacked it, and we killed it. And every milestone I've had where I've had that pressure point, he's been there just pushing me to just go harder and stronger and yeah. with more confidence. And so he, like I'm, I'm naturally actually not that optimistic, believe yeah. it or not. I actually need to do all my right processes to get myself up and feel optimistic. And he was a massive part of my life to help me see what others don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, important as well that at the same time you were open minded to take advice from somebody. I think a lot of mistakes that young generation these days are making is they think they know it all and they're better than everybody else, and then ego comes to the place as well. Yeah. Um, and then they end up being on the road on their own instead of actually taking advice from somebody who is probably at that time wiser than you are or yeah. you were in that field. Yeah. I have never thought I'm smarter than anyone in yeah. what I do, ever. I will. I always want to be the best. I've got no interest in doing anything unless I'm going to try and do it the best we can physically do it. That's more of a mental challenge. It's actually not competitive to the competitors. It's more about if I'm going to do something, I want to do it properly and I do want to do it right and we want to lead whatever sector we're doing. But for me, the biggest, probably the other big thing I learned from Maury is he used to have this saying, and my mum's actually the same as well. So my mum was CEO of Berry Street, non-for-profit. And I remember mum saying, just take on everything that you can. If you, if you get it, then work out how to make it work later, right? Just say yes, say yes and yes and yes until it's no. And Maury was the same. Like if someone called up and said, oh, got this site, and most people go, oh, it doesn't feel right or whatever. He'd just say yes. 100% we're in. Let's have a look at it. What are we going to do? Until it didn't feel right, it was always yes. Take it to the next step. Let's see ah. where it goes. Let's have a look at where it takes us. Yeah. He's really believed in that stepping stone approach of, the final outcome, we might even get there, it might not work, but it might lead to something else. Yeah. Right? So when you text me or if I see you on a plane and I go, hey, that's cool, let's catch up, yeah. do something else, I'm always inviting whatever opportunity pops up and see where it leads. Yeah. And a lot of times it can lead you on a path where you haven't even thought about it, it might go there. Yeah, and people say to me, oh, how did you do St. Moritz, right? It's a $600 million project, you're still quite young. So it's really simple. I started with a shit 27 apartments in West Melbourne where I had to borrow five mil and none of the banks would give me any money. I did that, which then let me do 40 around the corner. Then I did 60 around the corner. Then I did 80. Then I did 200. People see St. Moritz. They didn't see the yeah, step yeah, stones. Yeah. And, you know, I look at some of the... And this was all post-GFC, right? In all post-GFC. Yeah. So this was 2009 to 2014. Yeah. We did about 25 projects um, under Urban Inc. Yeah. And then 2013, I started Gurna. So that was a, Urban Inc. was a really successful business. It was, we were doing really good product. I'd kind of say like 
Audi, entry range Audi is kind of the best way yeah. to describe it. And I had a partner at the time and I wanted, you know, I'm a big believer that um, scale doesn't increase risk. Scale can sometimes actually decrease risk because it gives you yeah. more diversity. Yeah. So I'm a big believer that if I've, no different to retail, right? Yeah. If I've got 30 development sites and someone else has got four, if I've got 30 and 20 go bad, I've got 10 that are still working. Someone's got four and two or three go bad, they're fucked. Right, so yeah, yeah. for me, it's that diversification. If I've got scale, other mm. things can go wrong. Right, so oh, that's such a that is such a breakthrough. Like thinking with so many business people I talk to, they think that opposite of like, yeah, they're worried of the scale creates risk, but it's actually such a good way to frame it. It de-risks. Yeah, and when you look at the time now, right, it is hell to be a property developer yes. right now. Right, it's never been harder. Our yeah. industry is completely blowing up everywhere. We got 30 sites would have 50, 60% aren't working. Right? Yeah. Like, and I reckon most people have got probably 80 to 100% not working. The 10 that are working will prop us up for the next four to five years. We get through the cycle and we go hard again. Yeah, yeah. It's if we had two or three sites and we were reliant on them, one stuck in planning, one's yeah. got a construction problem, one can't sell. Yeah. You're stuffed before you start. So, yeah. and then that creates more diversity across the group too. It might be times when the wellness part of the business has got to prop up the construction part or the construction yeah. props up the wellness or the sales props up the way. Like that diversity to me and the group mentality is actually why we are successful today. Yeah. So then two, 2017 hit and I sort of had, we'd had a great partnership, lots of successful projects. But for me, I wanted to grow. I wanted to be particularly Eastern Seaboard. I had this big belief that I wanted to be in multiple markets so that we had that diversity. Yeah. So I split from my partner at the time, who's an amazing guy, just we had different motivations on what we yeah, wanted yeah. to do. And I started Gurner in 2013 with the aim to create a brand that people actually wanted to buy a Gurner product as opposed to an apartment in Collingwood or an apartment in Secure yeah. or an apartment in Forage Valley. And yeah, so we wanted to be so we wanted to create a brand that people followed, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and I had no idea if that was actually gonna work. Probably the only brand that had ever done that was Mervac, early two thousands. Yeah. Mervac had this great brand, people would line up down the streets. First year we kind of thought, you know, we developed a bit of stuff, and then the second year we sold 1,800 apartments, right? Just under a billion dollars worth of apartments. In our second year, I thought, oh shit, this is like, this isn't bad. It's a good start, and it's continued to roll from there. And probably three years in, we started to get repeat buyers. Four years in, the media started talking about us a lot more. Five years in, we started to get a big profile, and now we have a huge database of people that are waiting for the next project. And it's been a it's been an amazing evolution and not easy, right? Like you with your brand, right? It takes, it's not just about creating a brand, you've actually got to deliver and over-deliver and over-service yeah, and yeah. deal with people's problems. I mean, property is, the difficult thing for us is we're selling someone their home that they touch and feel and break and move every day and we can hand over the most perfect apartment ever. But if there's a problem in week three, they hate us, right? So it's that constant ongoing management of brand that is, you know, it's exhausting and like any business you want to love it if you're going to do it because yeah. it's not easy and you, know, you need a lot of passion and drive and so so that's sort of the property business has developed and then from there we've just added the bits that we felt we needed to better than others weren't doing in the market so we do our own sales now property management building management um hospitality we do which is a really tough tough gig but we do it because we want to offer something great at the base of yeah. our buildings and then to my sort of real love or second love, which is like your first or second kid, it's, um, you know, wellness to me has been a big part of my life. And, you know, people sort of say, oh, why did you start St. Haven? For me, it was, there wasn't on offer in the Australian or global market what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had the, 
you know, I've sort of been traveling the world for the last literally 10 years. I've been wanting to do this to everything that's best in LA, in Europe, in yeah. Switzerland, all over the place to work out every part of the best. You know, So there's amazing private clubs like Soho House, incredible, yeah, yeah. Right? or the London Club. There's um, amazing gyms like Equinox, you know, yeah. incredible gym. Um, there's great yoga places, great Pilates places. There's some good recovery places like Remedy Place. Um, Next Health is doing some good testing in LA. How do we bring it all together into one place where you can literally get from start to end of wellness in one place? So, you know, I sort of had this vision, you know, for the last six years I've come back. So every January I go to my farm and that's my most important thinking time. So that's my creation, oh, my wow. thinking, and I come back with a huge amount of ideas and my team are always shitting themselves because I come so back very It's like that Bill Gates up. thing. The it's, idea it's, so it takes, it's really interesting. So December I'm done by the end I'm exhausted yeah. first two weeks is with the family trying to recharge a bit third week I start to get some ideas four weeks I'm on right it is completely on crazy ideas thinking outside the box how do we challenge the norm I always come back with a very clear list not long eight to ten points of what I want yeah. to do that year and getting back into wellness has been a big part of it for a long time and two years ago, I finally made the call to get on a CEO. So, Sean, I needed someone who could actually run the business because I just operationally, I just wasn't getting the time to do it properly. Yeah. He was one of the head guys of Virgin at the time, incredible operator, and I sold him his vision of what I wanted to achieve. He was like, mate, this is just unheard of. I just can't believe it. So he jumped on board. So it took us two years to kind of build up the team, build up the concept and, and lots of evolution around the time. I went, as you know, to the US last year and then changed a few things halfway through construction because I had a few different ideas. And it's kind of the culmination of everything that I want in ultimate, how to create your ultimate life. And mm. I was sitting with my wife at the bar the other day and I looked around and I'm like, wow, this is like, this is like everything I could have dreamt of. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's the whole point, right? That's, that's what you did. So, <laughs> so um, here, you know, it's trying to create yeah, you know, like like we've talked about too. The you know I'm not a big drinker. I hate rich food. I hate waking up feeling crap. Yeah. You know, the Australian culture, particularly even much more than Europe and America, is based around alcohol. Yeah. You know, overconsumption and feeling crap in the morning. So, mm-hmm. how do we create a place where on a Friday night, rather than going to the pub, you say to your mate, "Hey, let's go to the club. Let's have a drink. Have a non-alcoholic drink." head in and do some, you know, whether it's cryotherapy, IV therapy, yeah. do a fire and ice session, come out, have dinner with your wives, go home, wake up feeling unbelievable. Yeah. Right? So, like, how do you create that social connection but giving you a place where you can live your ultimate life, right? And, you know, to start a place where, you know, we're, we're getting you know, comments back from members, like, life-changing, right? Like, yeah. people are saying, this is the thing I've been waiting for my whole life. I've just never felt like this. And... The plan of it is obviously we've got we've all got our own retail line. We've got the club, the bar is a really really important part of what we do. So we have a superfood kitchen um, with an amazing chef where you can get everything breakfast, lunch, dinner, send home meals the whole time. And then we have Dry Haven, which is our recovery. So that's all of the best and latest technology that works. So hyperbaric, IV, PMF beds, red light therapy, cryotherapy, infrared saunas. Then we've got our ancient bathhouse, which you guys are going to experience a bit later, which is just a beautiful experience, right? You know, we've got a fire and ice, which is ice bath and sauna. Then we've got a beautiful 38-degree soaking bath. You know, you're literally transported to another world. So you think about, you know, you guys fly in, you're a bit jet-lagged, we hook you up to an IV, chuck you in the hyperbaric, you do fire and ice, then you have a meal after, you will walk out a completely different human. And I get people calling me up, so we've got some very serious bankers in here and the 
guys we deal with day to day call me up and say, mate, look, you, know, you sure you want them there? They're going to see everything. I'm like, mate, we want them here and I will change their lives. And we can genuinely sit in front of someone and say, in 12 months' time, you will be a different human. You'll be clearer, you'll feel amazing, you'll be fitter, yeah. you'll move better, you'll be mentally more successful. Um, so then we've got a big focus on breath work and, and meditation. As you've seen the meditation came, we've got yoga studio, Pilates studio, cycle studio, strength and conditioning, then we've got a main gym floor. So the aim is if you've done strength training your whole life and you've done yoga and meditation your whole life, at the end of 12 months, the people that are done yoga and meditation are doing some really heavy deadlifts and squats and you're into meditation and yoga to get your mobility up and you're all recovering. There's a great social network created as well. So trying to give that whole wellness journey as opposed to, like me, when I was you know, from 20 to 30, I just did heavy weights. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, I couldn't move. I had pain everywhere. Yeah. My brain was spinning. I hadn't focused on breath work or meditation yeah, at all. Yeah. And you know, a big part of the journey here and why I created this is because I did so many things wrong. Right? Like I've eaten wrong. I went to college at Melbourne Uni. I drank more than anyone should in you know, 100 years, in two years. Mm. You know, I've done all the things that damage you and now it's about how do you rebuild and create your ultimate life. Which is also interesting as well. Um, uh, watching your business over the last, let's say, 10 years as well, you've also built a business that is bulletproof in any market. What I mean by that is a lot of people are only building businesses that are good for today and take advantage of today's market. I'll give you a perfect example. There was t- um, two towers you built in Fortitude Valley, yeah. and um, at that time, that was probably golden time for a lot of developers to spin a lot of big buildings. Yeah. There was a lot of investor money coming from overseas as well. So a lot of developers, they were just building any product, yeah. and they were putting their brand behind it. Yeah. But any product was really good for maybe two, three years, it doesn't matter how well it was finished. Yeah. But product, even in such a good market or bad market, your product was really on another level from design, finishes. So you were really offering people, even if they're buying a $600,000 apartment, yeah. you made them feel they're buying a $3 million apartment somewhere else. It might not be as big, yeah. but entire, entire, um, uh, entire feel of walking into the building and, and offer, offering them experience as well, not just a place where yeah. they're gonna live in for a minute. You were thinking very long term. Um, and Brisbane specifically, there was a, there was a time where your competition, or there was a lot of developers in the market, yeah. and there were, everybody was selling, including yourself. Market got really tough for a few years when yeah. it comes to apartments, and your brand went like this, and a lot of those developers, they don't exist today. Correct, yeah. Um, yeah. So you were building, even the time, your vision was to build a building that can last times, not just, okay, let's take advantage of hot market today, develop whatever is working now, yeah. and when it's not, we get out. You know? yeah. So at that time, I think a lot of people fell over the train and your brand started becoming actually stronger. And, and, um, and by the time a lot of developers started copying what you were doing specifically, yeah. um, uh, you were already ahead of time as well. And I mean, obviously, business is where it is today. Yeah, and look, I think and, it's... And same, sorry to interrupt, same thing is with what you're creating here. Yeah. There's not many people that are doing it on this scale. There are people that are doing bits and pieces that are potentially working for the time. Yeah, and I think like the, the fortunately for me is we, we sort of talk about creating people's ultimate lives, right, and lifestyles mm. in both property and in wellness and in hospitality and whatever we're doing, whether that's the entire journey. And 
I think the big thing is, like anyone successful in business, it's brutal, right? Yeah. Like, don't think that my life is all fun and partying and celebrating. Like, we have, right now, it is really, really hard, right? It's construction's jumped 30%, revenue hasn't moved, right? We work on a 20% margin. You don't need to be a genius to know it's really fucking hard. Mm. And, you know, I think that comes back to... Are you in it? So I sort of look at there's two type of developers. There's feasibility developers and there's design-led brand developers. If you're a feasibility developer today, you are dead, right? Because if you're just building a product that is a widget that you're delivering to someone at a price point, you now can't sell, the banks don't like you, and you're not getting settlements, right? If you're creating beautiful product that has real value, that they get to the end and the market's not great, but they still love it and they want to settle, that's what it's all about. And there's not that many developers doing it. I mean, you've got a great developer in Brizzy, Tim Forrester, Aria, incredible property yeah. developer. Outside of him, there's not that many in Australia that are actually mm. really passionate about design and trying to create a brand. And I think as a developer, when you say, when you flip from, I'm going to do a few residential projects and try to make some money to, I'm trying to build a 50-year legacy brand, mm. everything changes, right? Yeah. Like your complete mindset changes. <clears throat> and... And we would have definitely made less than everyone else. 100% per project, we've made less. Most of those guys are now not here today in terms of their businesses. And we've always had a longevity view, right? How to, if we can survive five cycles, we're going to make a lot of money, right? If we can get through those cycles. And so we may spend more on FV, the one you're talking about. Was, was it was it was incredibly hard, right? You know, we had and a, it was hard to sight. As well. The third tower jumped 50% in construction price, right? So we built that knowing we were not going to make much money. We actually over-invested in it. So we spent more on the retail, more on the hospitality, more on the amenity, because we knew it was going to be tough, and we wanted people to turn up and go, there's nothing like this. We just have to have it still. And that's what paid, you know, and it's, you know, as soon as you cut any corners and, like, you know, you can see when you walk around the club here, like, every minuscule detail, like, I've uh. seen everything, we've drawn everything, we've fixed everything, and... We get, I think the big misconception is we get so much wrong, right? In here, with the day we opened, I reckon we had 60% right, right? And yeah. I think, I look at Justin Hems as an amazing hospitality operator. I think he's the best in Australia. And when he gets one wrong, he shuts it and reopens. Yeah. He doesn't fuck around, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's okay to get it wrong. Like, and yeah. we, we get it wrong and sometimes we need to fix things. In here, we got 60% perfect day one. And it's now getting, how do we get 100% perfect, right? And... That's just my life. And then that comes back to my sort of wellness journey too, right? Like it's, you know, I am uh, not kind of particular about what I do with my body. I am very regimented, very specific. And that's because you can't lead a business and you can't be an entrepreneur unless you are 100% on and you're clear and you're feeling fit and strong. You're not getting sick and you can be in the office. So for me, that's, you know, it's my morning ritual is critical. I don't know what your morning ritual is, but for me, it's you know, up at five thirty, meditating, move my body, so a bit of yoga or stretching. I do a gratitude journal every morning and and a sort of plan the day. And people think that's really weird. And when I first started doing it, I thought it was really bizarre. I wake up in the morning, I'd be grumpy and tired. I was fucking do this stupid thing. I force myself to do it. And you write down, oh, my beautiful girls are great today, and just suddenly go, yeah. hey, that's not that bad. And you know, I've got a great business. Oh, maybe the last time. And by the time you finished it, you're like, oh shit, it's actually life's good, right? It's all good. Then I train every day, so 45 minutes. I do um, strength Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Um, 45 minutes VO2 cardio zone two on Tuesdays, Thursday sprints like high high velocity. 
And then Sunday is probably my best day, which is a full-blown serious recovery. So that means sleep in the afternoon, red light therapy, PMF, sauna, ice bath, the works. And, you know, my HRV, I don't know if you track your HRV carefully, but my HRV goes from about 90 to about 120 on a Sunday night on average. Wow. Because of just my body just loves it, absolutely sucks up Sunday. Wow. Never hit the ball running. And then so... You know, big thing for me is you know IV drips. I'm a I'm a big fan. So St Haven will be the first kind of medically graded you know facility that'll offer very serious IV here. So you come in here once a month or as often as you want to do it. Get blood tested. We'll see where your levels are up and down, and then we'll fill exactly what you need. So for me today, I've had um, vitamin D, vitamin C, um, glutamine. Um, I don't have vitamin B because I'm very high in vitamin B. So mine's very specific to what I need. Then supplementation, I take about 50, 60 tablets a day, which is very focused on anything that is low for me that I'm trying to tweak up. So, and I always find it funny, I always say to people, you know, when do you get your car, have you had your car service this year? And everyone says yes. And I'm like, yeah, what, how's your heart? Like, have you, and they go, what do you mean? I say, have you had your heart tested? Like, no, I'm like, well, so do you have a big heart, small heart? Does it work? Is there any issues? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. for the same price, you get your heart checked, but you get your serv- car serviced every year. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. very good point, and everybody psychologically, you know, I need my car to be safe, but you don't think to yourself, I need to be safe too to drive. Yeah, so it's the most, the, it's the most bizarre thing, right? Like, yeah. how do you... So here we do max VO2, we do max heart rate testing. Yeah. So we will push you to your limit to understand what your heart can take mm. and then see how quickly it recovers. That's just madness that we don't know how our bodies work. And, like, even blood testing, like... You know, people with mental illnesses, like there's so many simple things that might not fix it completely, but can really help get you back up. Like there's a pandemic of low testosterone in Australia, yeah. right? Men, men or well, not just in Australia, it's across the world. You know, men's testosterone is falling off a cliff. The psychological effects of that are ginormous, mm-hmm. right? People think testosterone, oh, it's going to give me big muscles. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So much more important for everything else. And so the club is about how do we help you live your ultimate life, right? What are the things we can do, whether it's training, whether it's food, whether it's supplementation, whether it's IVs or recovery, what can we do to make you feel unbelievable? And then to do it in a beautiful environment, right? That, you know, the reason we do it in this environment is I love creating stuff, right? Yeah. That's, that's my passion and you know, I've always had a real hate for gyms where I don't want to take my shoes off and touch the floor in the bathrooms because yeah, they're so yeah. disgusting. So how do we make it a beautiful space where actually happy to come and have a shower yeah. and get ready and it feels like like I, your attention to detail you know from the moment you walk in is just like oh my god it's the the standard is is off the charts but the same way with his developments as well yeah you know we, we both said that the second we walked in which which is literally within five seconds um we, if this was obviously where we are living we would be already members yeah, yeah. within five seconds walking in from the field that we had from people greeting us yeah um uh, you know even somebody pulling your chair out so you can see there so the first five seconds we were sold yeah and, and it's same maybe to developments as well yeah it's that warm connection right so we don't you know like i think there's a lot of luxury that's done that's stuffy and serious you know, yeah we want our team to be calm relaxed make you feel like you're at home yeah, right yeah. so you know it's always about yeah, they talk about sort of the big hug concept, right? Like, how do we make you feel like you're part of something that's much yeah. bigger than this stuffy thing? Right? So it's very relaxed. We've got lots of diverse people here. We've got musicians, artists, business owners, top bankers. It's not like the Melbourne Club where, you know, it's 
really yeah, stuffy yeah, yeah. bullshit. It's about you know creating a place people feel comfortable. Yeah, it's incredible talking to you. Of like, I can see you have that. Like, there's the art and science and everything, but you have that real art of design, of creation, of experience. And I think, you know, where you've built such a brand, you can see you've you've attracted such that team and they've, you know, you've created that vision they can see so clearly and, and align on those. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because so you define it as increasing... Uh, living, how did you decide that purpose, that why, that all, all aspects well, of living? Well, it's kind of, it's, it's helping people live their ultimate life. Live, that's yeah, that's kind of the key life. thing, yeah. right? And for me, living your ultimate life doesn't mean just training or doesn't mean yeah. just food or recovery. It means people make it feel good, yeah. right? Like when you walk in and when you do your fire and ice with Eugene, it just makes you feel amazing, mm. right? Or Leo. So I stole Leo from Australia's most exclusive private club, right? And her role was head of, you know, client relations and she knows what your coffee is she'll never forget it she knows that you like a smoothie she knows you drank your green smoothie quite slowly out there which means you didn't love it that much maybe it was too cold and she'll be watching everything right you didn't finish your protein bar which means maybe it was a bit too big maybe next time we'll give you half yeah and it's those little touch points they've got to watch and then next time get it right so it's you know it's a big part and lots a lot of super yacht girls so the super yacht oh, services yeah. come here so quite a few of them have been on super yacht so you know, and that level of service is different, yeah. right? Like it's intuitive, you yeah. know, before it comes. So it's also about efficiency, right? So everyone's busy. So if you're, we've got a banker here who gets dropped off in his car, he's got an hour, right? So he walks in, he's got his espresso ready because they know what time he comes. It's sitting there ready for him. He shoots his espresso, takes his creatine, walks to his trainer, has his training session, orders his breakfast on the app, goes, has his shower. When he comes out, breakfast is sitting on the bar, has his breakfast, takes his take-home lunch, Jumps in the car, he's out now. Right, so it's that efficiency that of luxury as well. And we'll only get better, right? Like we have much bigger ambitions than where it is now, right? It's going to, you know, we have a lot of product ranges that will come through. We want to offer a really real organic supplementation and protein range. There's a lot of rubbish that's out there at the moment and we want to make, you know, genuine product that people can, you know, make them feel better than they do today. So... Yeah, it's just the start and it's exciting. And with the property business, it's all kind of like an ecosystem. So our, our plan is you can go and buy an apartment from someone, right? Or you can buy a lifestyle from us where at the base of the building, you've got a wellness club that you get access to that no one else does. You walk in, the building management, building management team is employed by me, the concierge is employed by me, the property manager is employed by me, the sales team is employed by me. We designed it, we developed it, we sold it to you. It's that whole lifestyle, lifestyle journey. So looking, looking back now, what advice would you give from this experience to 20 years old Tim Gurner? I think definitely follow your passion is without, without doubt. Like I, I don't think there's all sorts of different views on whether passion drives success or not. I reckon you very much were passion as well. You know, for me, I'm obsessed with creation, right? So people say, do you have a work-life balance? And I'm kind of like, what does that mean, right? Like when I'm at home, relaxing I'm on Pinterest thinking about the next ancient bars I'm going to build or the next tower I'm going to build like it's not it's not work it's it's complete passion desire wanting to take it to another level got to be able to I think you know I, I push the boundaries now more than what I used to you know you kind of you know in the old days if I wanted to do something and someone said oh that hasn't been done before I probably would pull it back a bit now when I say when someone says it hasn't been done before I want to go harder right yeah. like 
you can't charge that for a, a wellness club. Oh, okay, well, let's see. Yeah. You know, so we put the prices up, right? So it's, you know, we want to see how far we can push the boundaries of what's possible. And so far what we've found in most things we've done, if you create the product that people want, they're kind of willing to pay what is required oh. for it, right? Like there's, there's a lot of money in Australia, a lot of money in the world. And if you give them something that has a real point of difference, they are there. Um, so I think, you know, passion, desire, you know, I was fortunate. I don't, I don't have a mentor as such. I don't have someone that I go to all the time, but I learned a huge amount from Tony in sales. I learned how to have confidence, creation, vision from Mori. You know, that's, those two guys have been a big part of my life. And then it's just about constantly learning, listening, you know, watching podcasts, you know, amazing podcasts like this, right? Like this can change people's lives, right? Not me, but this, what you're doing and just learning different bits and, I think if you pick up one thing from me, one thing from you, one thing from you, and you know, just create something really special. I always say, um, you know, when people ask me who is your mentor, my answer always always is every human I meet every single day. Correct. Yeah. Because they, you know you can pick something up from every person um, that you meet. Doesn't matter what industries they're yeah. in, and you can you know implement it in whatever you're doing to actually make it better. Hundred percent. I think the other thing for me is travel. Right. I actually probably should have talked about that. Like. So many of my ideas do not come from Australia, right? So yeah. most of them are America in the wellness space is leading the world. Europe from a design space, like we want to build buildings that stand the test of time. Well, Europe's done it pretty well, yeah. right? So, <laughs> you know, travel for me, whenever I travel, my team get a thousand text messages of every single thing I've seen. Like poor Sean, when I went to Europe and America last year, I reckon he would have got a thousand photos of different places I went to. Don't mind the way the sign's done. I like the light behind that oh. sign. I don't like the way this feels. This person just said this to me. I didn't like it. You know, it's just every single bit. And it's obsession, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it is full obsession. And anyone I know who's successful, like, I, I, you know, Justin, as I said, like, Justin Hems in Sydney, I don't know him well at all. But I've seen him in his own restaurants, moving stock, checking stock. Yeah. Like, he's on it, right? There's no yeah, detail yeah. he misses. It's... Harry Triggerboff still signs off every check, still signs off yeah, every trade. Yeah. Like, they're really successful people in business. There's no easy way, there's no easy route. I used to think that some people were lucky they got there. There's no easy journey. It's just very hard work. And therefore, if it's very hard work, you gotta love it, you gotta be passionate about it, and you've gotta wanna create something different. There's no such a thing as a success overnight. No, I, I haven't seen one yet. No, no, no. Uh, and usually if they do, they blow it, right? Yeah. Like it's, um, you know, it's, it takes hard grind. But, it's, you know, if you know why you're doing it and what you want out of life, and if you're realizing that there is only one life and time is passing, um, then, you know, you, you have a good reason to actually do something about it. What's next, Tim? Look, it's continuing to evolve the brands. So Sainhaven is a big focus right now. So we'll announce a few new clubs across Australia in the next couple of months. That's a big focus for us. We want to go overseas as soon as we have sort of absorbed the Australian market. Um, property, we've got a couple of very big launches this year. So Jam Factory launches this year in Melbourne, which is a big, important site for us. Got a couple of sites in DD, one in Sydney, one here. So it's just continuing to grow what we grow, right? It's not... You know, people say to me, oh, you must have a really clear plan in, in property and what you're doing. Or well, I don't know, kind of like whatever feels natural and feels right. Yeah. It's not, I think the whole, I'm going to have 22 sites next year. I don't think that works. It's yeah. got to sort of evolve. And I'm a big believer. I've read, I don't know if you guys have read the book, The Surrender Experiment. Have you ever read that? No. Yeah. It talks about the flow of life and how things get put in your journey through life. It's 
sort of a spiritual book, but you know, ever since my dad died, I've had weird things pop up, right? Like, you know, we desperately need cash flow in a year's time. This is five years ago. Some permitted site pops up, we can launch it straight away, we can start construction. I've always had these weird moments pop up in my life. And I'm a big believer that trying to trust, you know, trust in that and just let it follow its journey. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't get stressed. But you keep that forward momentum and I think, you know, oh, I've actually got a lot out of this and I feel like, oh my God, I've got to get back to work. Cut this interview short. I do feel like very aligned on like just how clear you're able to articulate, you know, your brand, your principles and how it's you've evolved your life and then built this yeah. whole like I always I've always uh, looked up to Bernard Arnold of the LBMH yeah, group and yeah. build the whole but it's like that whole but it's like yours is actually so much more powerful because this isn't just selling stuff. This is that ultimate life well-being. And what you're doing in, like, with St. Haven, like, I love that principle so much of, like, the new Soho house of, you know, I had such that thing as a... Still today of so much of those social occasions with mates, it has to be around drinking when it's like, oh, I just wish it didn't have to be. And yeah. you're actually shifting the culture forward, yeah. you know, in the direction, which is, like... Like talk about that is like running up a hill, but it's like for the greater good. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. it's incredible. Thank and you. I man. Can't wait to uh, you know, be a fucking member. Where do we sign? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. signed up. Um, it's like, coming. It's coming. Yeah. I, I think advantage we have now. If you know Tim now, so I think we should be skipping the queue a little yeah. bit to be the first one in Queensland. Uh, I always say in business, the hardest thing to do is to to. Well, first of all, to get a client is hard. Yeah. To keep the client is harder. 100%. Yeah. Because, you know, one thing that you said during this conversation, you have people that purchased the apartment, five years, they repeat customers. Yeah. So they could be downsizing, upsizing. Yeah. But so you, you have done everything to actually keep the client yeah. um, coming back to you. Same thing is typical gym, for example. A lot of people might go to the gym, they will pay 12 months membership and they will start training for 30 days. Or oh, this doesn't fit me yeah. um, uh, for whatever reason because when people go to gym, they are on their own. Yeah. You train for 30 days, there's nobody there to actually keep you accountable in, in a different way and people leave. Yeah. With the club that you have created here is, you know, you can really understand what clients needs are yeah. from every detail so you're working on actually keeping the client and getting them to come back you know what if you don't want to be doing gym every day try this try that so entire process is get a client and how do we keep him to keep coming back again yeah. again and again and talk of sales you're already selling it right there and then yeah. for a long term not just for today yeah. Unfortunately, sales, you know, I've got a company where we sell $2 billion worth of real estate. You know, I still consider it a small business. But, you know, how can you actually get business out of one client over the next 20 years? Yeah. And yeah. not to talk about, you know, how can you actually get access to their friends, cousins, brothers, and mothers. Yeah. So I think there's a difference that you are building with your business and that is thinking really for the next generations, which is probably your kids. Yeah. It's a humility to admit you got it wrong, too. Right. So like we, 
you know, a lot of developers finish a job and they don't want to know about it, right? Just yeah. deal with the builder, deal with the builder. I say to people when they bought from us, don't forget you built your own home. It's hard, right? Things go wrong. Us delivering it for you doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, right? We will get it right. The most important thing is we're going to be here till it's perfect, right? And mm. you know, people call me up and they start yelling at me. I'm like, it's okay. We're going to solve it, right? And I, I'll never forget my favourite hotel in the world, um, Los Fontanas. Have you ever been there? No. Rosewood Hotels. Best hotel in the world by mile, in my view, mainly because of service in um, Los in Cabo. And I went there last year. It was like we've been there four or five times. And they put me in a room I really was unhappy about, right? And I was like tired, I was grumpy. I went down, I'm like, this is fucking rough bullshit. Like, what are, what are you doing? He said, Tim, it's okay. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm not gonna stop until you're happy, so relax. I said, this is, I'm like, this is bullshit. What do you mean, I want it now? He's like, I know, go and have a cocktail. You are gonna come back here, you're gonna be thrilled. I will not stop till you're happy. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, but, but he's like, it's okay. You're gonna be happy. I'm like, I, I looked at my wife, I'm like, the fuck can I say to that? <laughs> Let's go and have a cocktail. I went and had a yeah. cocktail, walked back. He walked me to my room. It was perfect. Yeah. Best experience I've ever had, as opposed to fighting with me and arguing yeah. with me about what it was. He just completely oh. shut me down with vulnerability. I was so like, good. wow, it's genius. And it folks, months later, you're telling us about that hotel. Correct. And yeah. you're going to go back again. 100%. And, and, and first thing, yeah. there's a few things you said during this conversation as well is, I'm thinking, okay, the name of the book, there's a good chance I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to rewatch it, yeah. write the notes, what book it is, and even this hotel as well. You know, if you want to go to Cabo, okay, you know, team has been there. So you're already becoming a salesman for the hotel. I always say, you know, in business, um, in, in my business, you know, a couple of companies that we run, um, every person that you deal with becomes your free salesman. Yeah. Free salesman. For example, you know, in, in real estate business, if my company sold home for Simon, you know, and um, you know, he saw his worth, let's say, 20 million and, and gave him a good service, sold it for 24 million, and Simon's gonna end up having coffee with you. And how are you going, good, I just sold my house. How much did you sell it? 24 yeah. million. 24 million, who sold it for you? So straight away, he's, if he was happy, he's yeah. my free salesman. Mm -hmm. And so every person that does buy your apartment or person that comes to your business here, if they have that experience, they are free, it all, yeah, it all free flows, agent 100%. for you that are selling it with no fees. I think that's the thing people forget in business, and you would have seen it definitely in your business, is, is momentum, right? Like momentum is everything. So how do you create FOMO, fear of missing out, and then you create that momentum. And what people don't realize in any business is it's, you know, you sell more, people see it more, they give you more opportunities, that lets yeah. you sell more. And I'm a big yeah. believer in good to great and the yeah, flywheel, yeah, yeah. right? The flywheel oh, is everything, right? So what's the, you know, for us, our flywheel is create incredible properties and, and lifestyles, right? Which then creates FOMO, which creates profit, which creates more opportunity, which then allows us to create more design. And, and then it just, it rolls and it, the, the momentum's just incredible. And I'm sure you felt that massively in your business at the time too. Oh, it never ceases to amaze me how powerful momentum is. It's and how easy it is to lose it. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, thanks so much, Tim. Thanks, I'm, mate. Like, um, Truly in awards, and you know, I really think a lot of people will take away a lot from this, and I can't wait to uh, implement it. You know, you're you're a genius. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Cheers.